to open your Bible to the Gospel of John chapter 5. Gospel of John chapter 5. I'll just give you all a little parenting uh, t- tip. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to write a book about parenting before I was a parent because I thought I had all the answers until I had kids and realized I knew nothing. Uh, anybody ever, as a parent or a grandparent, ever desire just like moments of quiet? You can just raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a parenting tip. You can try it out. I did it this morning on my four kids and their company last night. Uh, kids love to do grown-up things, right? They love to do grown-up things. They want to have money. They want to drink coffee. So I bribed all the kids in the house. The quieter you would be during breakfast, the more coffee you could drink. So we played Quiet Mouse in our house for like 10 minutes. And I tell you, it was the best, best breakfast ever. And I said, if you talk, you get no coffee. Uh, so just parenting tip, that's free. So if you want quiet in your house, just bribe them with coffee or money or ice cream. Uh, it's probably somewhere in here, all right? And if well, I'll try to look for it while I'm on vacation. Uh, but if you go to the Gospel of John, chapter 5, we're going to read a story that some of us may be very familiar with, but all of us can relate to in one way or another. The healing at the pool of Bethesda. So let's go right to it. Chapter 5 says this, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there was in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. 38 years. I just want you to picture 38 years of something. I haven't been alive for 38 years. I still need six more years of life to reach that point. And I couldn't imagine how long of a time that would be to be paralyzed or to be an invalid. So he's been an invalid for 38 years. If those of you who are retired has remember working 38 years, you can say, yes, that is a very long time. Or if you've been a parent, you have kids or grandkids and you've helped raise them, you know that 38 years is a long time. But when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? If that were me, I would immediately have said, Yes, yeah, absolutely. However, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. At once the man was healed. He took up his bed and walked. Just to give you reference, kind of a picture here for anyone that's been hospitalized for any anything for a period of time or if you've had surgery on your you know on your legs for a period of time you have to go through therapy right and you have to be taught how to walk a coworker of mine whose brother has been hospitalized for a few months in order for him to transition back home has to go to therapy once a day or sometimes twice a day and just practice what walking Because he's been bedridden for so long, he has lost the ability, I guess, or the strength in his legs. So therefore, they take... Could you imagine for 38 years, this man hasn't been able to do that? Now, some of you may be wondering, 
in your Bible, or maybe you notice in my Bible, we went from verse 3 to what? Verse 5. Maybe your Bible has verse 3 and then verse 5, and here's why. Some of the manuscripts have a verse 4 in there, some of them in whole, or some of them in part, that say something like this. In verse 4, waiting for the moving of the water, an angel of the Lord would come down at a certain season into the pool and stir up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease they had. So that is not in my particular version, not because it is against the Bible, or not because this is a, a Bible that is of the devil, but because some manuscripts have a whole verse, some manuscripts have a partial verse, therefore to be as authentic as can be and to be as conservative to the text as possible, this version took it out completely so that there wasn't anything partial or whole that wasn't in the original manuscript. So we have to understand, this man has been an invalid for how long? 38 years. 38 years. And when the water would be stirred up, the first person into the water would be healed of whatever disease they had. So Jesus comes along and he sees this man and he asks him, hey, do you want to be healed? And the man who's been there, we don't know how long he's been there. He may have been there for 38 years. This man's only way of eating was by the mercy and the grace of people passing by or his family or friends bringing him stuff. He had no way to make money. He couldn't work. I mean, this man was literally living the worst of worst lives. And here he is. We don't know that he's been there for sure for 38 years, but he's been there for a long time, the Bible says. Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? And he says, sir, I have no one to put me into the water. Little did he know that the spring of living water came to him. That Jesus of the living water came to him. And here's what I want to do. I, I don't know about you. I don't know about every single person in this place. But I would say there are all of us, there is something, all of us share one thing in common that we are in need of the blessing of God in one way or another. Maybe there's a part of your life where you find yourself in this particular position. And here's what I mean by that. The man was asked, and instead of responding with what? Yes, like we would have pictured. What does he do? Instead, he lists the excuse as to why he can't be healed. Instead of saying, yes, I want to be healed, he begins to tell Jesus, no, I can't be healed because why? I can't get into the water. Which is a beautiful reminder that if you and I aren't careful, we will not truly trust that God is capable of doing what we are asking of him to do and believing in him to do. Therefore, we will also find ourselves like this man listing every reason why this won't happen. Why the marriage won't be restored, why the kids won't come out of rebellion, why our grandkids won't turn their lives to Christ, why we'll never be able to to experience financial freedom. We're just always going to live like this. We're always going to lack that. I mean, there are things in our lives, if we are not careful, we will express every excuse as to why it will never happen. Instead of fully trusting in God that he is capable of doing it just as we know him to be able to. 
So what I want you to do is I want you to look at your life, and if there is an area of your life where you are needing the healing hand of the Lord, whether that's a relationship restored, whether that's provision, whether that's guidance, whether that's bringing prodigal children back to Him, I mean, whatever area in it in your life that you are needing the mercy and the grace and the blessing of God, I want you to ask yourself, do you constantly remind yourself as to why it will never happen? Do we constantly remind ourselves why this will never work or why things will never change? As we know, 38 years is a long time. And wouldn't you imagine that at some point this man's probably come to terms with everybody else is going to be blessed but me? Everybody else's lives have been restored but mine? Have you ever been there? You're you're seeing, you're praying to God and you're seeking his guidance or you're seeking his blessing. You're seeking restoration. You're seeking healing. There are things that you and I are desiring to see happen or change in our lives. And what do we do? We sit for a little period of time and we see everyone around us being blessed. And what do we do? We grow bitter, discouraged, and feel as if it will never happen to me. I'm just always going to be this way. But let's just be honest for a moment. Can we be honest, really honest? This man's been an invalid for 38 years. If we were to be really honest, after about two weeks' time and four prayers, if it doesn't change, we're mad. Right? I mean, we expect God to answer us immediately. We expect God to change the situation immediately. But after about four prayers and about two weeks' time and three Bible readings, or even one seven-week Bible reading plan in our YouVersion app, we are completely believing the lie that this will never change. I guess I'm always going to be this way. We're always going to look like this. Things are always going to be broken as it is now. Because we live in such a society that tells us things have to happen immediately. Things have to happen. And we serve a God that does not work in our realm of time. We serve a God that does things as he chooses. And for us, it's really difficult to understand that though we've been praying for fill in the blank for three months now, does not mean that God is ignoring you or doesn't hear your cry. Just because you've been praying for six years now doesn't mean that God doesn't hear you or, or he, he's just ignoring your cry. So what I think is if we aren't careful, we might find ourselves like this man. He's spent such a long time in this condition and he's seeing everyone else healed. He's seeing everyone else, you know, delivered from that disease and he's able to see all of these other people and he just lives longer and longer and longer in this broken condition, which then determines or kind of dictates the expectation that he has in life as if it's always going to be like this. I'm always going to be an invalid. I'm always going to be unable to walk. But what's beautiful is that when Jesus commands him to what? Take up his bed and walk, he immediately is able to walk. So here's what I want you to also consider. Do you look at your life or your situations in which you are needing the hand of God in as if they are always going to be like that? Because you've been praying for three weeks. You've come to church for four months. You've read three weeks of the Bible, and we are expecting God to change like that in our situation. And let's just be honest. If this man was to examine the life before him, what looks not good is a beautiful opportunity for Jesus to show up and to demonstrate his power and authority to heal this man. But what's crazy is, 
for 38 years, he's seen things happen. For 38 years, he's seen people wander down into the water and be healed. For 38 years, this has been his condition. And whenever he goes to the man, Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? Now, what's crazy is if you read the rest of the story, whenever the man doesn't know who healed him, he doesn't know Jesus. And he goes and the religious leaders are asking him, hey, how did you get healed? Because this is the Sabbath. Jesus does this on the Sabbath. And he doesn't know. Well, Jesus runs into him in the temple and he says, hey, go and sin no more so that something worse doesn't happen. Could you imagine he's been an invalid for 38 years, unable to walk, and he's probably scared to death. Like, what worse could happen to me? I mean, it couldn't be any worse. Here's what I want you to know. Regardless of the condition you find yourself in, regardless of how bad things may look, it could always be worse. It could always be worse. That relationship could always be worse. Your finances could always be be worse. Or even worse than all of that, you could find yourself separated from God, your Father in heaven, for an eternity in a place we know as hell. That would be far worse than the condition in which you find yourself now. It may be painful now. It may be inconvenient now. It may not be joyful right now, but it could always be worse. So I want you to consider those areas of your life that you are praying for God to change. You're praying for God to heal. You're praying for God to restore the relationships that are fractured. You're praying that your heart doesn't always hurt. You're praying that your body isn't always ill. You're praying for your finances not to always be stretched. So that there are areas in your life where you and I are probably praying for God to, to heal or to bless or to restore right now. Just know it could always be worse. It could always be worse. So... This man is healed. He gets up his bed and walk. And for 38 years, he's walking, or he's not walking. He's not until Jesus shows up, but he's living by his sight. The Bible tells us that you and I are to walk by what? Faith and not by sight. So what that tells us is that you and I are to trust in God that he is capable of doing what we do not see. Right? There are areas of our lives at moments in time where we are needing God to truly heal, restore, or bless. Maybe we don't see it for a very long time. So our responsibility is to walk by faith, believing that God is capable of doing it, even though we do not see it yet. Because if we walk by sight, we're always going to see the condition in which we find ourselves. Therefore, we're always going to make it worse and worse and worse. and, And our faith is going to shrink and shrink and shrink. Because every day that goes by that the thing doesn't change... What do we do? We think, well, God's turned his back, or maybe we're not living right. We've got to get ourselves right in order for God to bless us. And, and then we, over time, what do we do? After so long, our prayer doesn't work. So what's, what should we do now? Let's just stop. Right? Let's just stop praying. Let's just stop believing. Let's just stop trusting in God. Let's just do things on our own. Maybe because God hasn't answered our prayer, God hasn't healed this portion of our lives, or God hasn't restored that, what do we do? Over time, we begin to take it into our own hands, believing in our own strength and our own abilities, and then what happens? Over time, it gets worse and worse and worse. So what I want you to consider is the way that you live, the way that you walk. Do you walk by faith, believing that God is capable of doing exactly what you ask him to do and believe of him to do? Or are you walking by sight, looking at how horrible the situation is or the situations are growing? And because of them not getting any better, you begin to lose your faith in the Lord. Because I've cried out. We've prayed. We've trusted. 
But three weeks later, six months later, or four years later, nothing has changed. Therefore, God must turn his back on me. God must not hear my cry. Therefore, we begin to lose our faith. What I want to encourage you to do is possess the faith that leads you to walk and trust and praise his name and believe in him even when you do not see it. That's what we're called to do, to walk by faith. So here's what I want you to do. If, if you came in today and there are areas of your life, maybe just one, or maybe there's many things going on in your life where you are needing the hand of God to restore and to repair and to piece back together, to provide, to bless, here's what I want you to do. Consider the way you look at it. Have you constantly told yourself as to why it'll never happen, why things will never change? If you have done that, I plead with you to gain a new perspective, to believe that things will change, and to live your lives and walk in such a way that you will praise His name until they do change, and then praise His name forevermore. Well, whenever we look at this man, the impossible for him was to walk, right? For 38 years, he's been unable to walk. Jesus commands him to take up his bed and do what? To walk. And he possessed the strength in his legs just like that. He had no physical therapy. He had no uh, help walking. He literally just picked his stuff up and walked after 38 years. So here's what I want you to also consider. What is it in your life that seems to be the impossible? What is it that seems to be the impossible? What relationship seems to be the impossible? What provision or what blessing or what area of your life that you're praying for God to help you, you're praying for God to heal, you're praying for God to restore, what is it that seems impossible? And here's what I want you to know to be true, and we have to believe it, is that God, with God, there is nothing impossible. He takes the impossible and makes it possible. So there are areas of our life that seem to be impossible. There are relationships that will seem to be impossibly restored. There are people that will never come back to faith in Christ, right? Because they're living in rebellion. And and there are things in our lives, circumstances that we face, seasons that we're walking through that seem to be impossible. But here's what I want you to know about our God. He takes the impossible and makes it possible, not just for the characters written about in the scriptures, but for people like you and me. He takes those areas of our lives that we cry out to him in the middle of the night or that keeps us up or that weighs us down and he makes those things possible. So here's what I want to really do today. I want to give you an opportunity to just look at your life and truly evaluate what areas look impossible. I mean, really, like honestly, like removing the mask and say, well, everything's good. No, it's Probably not. I mean, there are things that we go through. There's re- there are relationships that are truly fractured. There are hearts that really ache. There are bodies that are really broken. Like, what areas in our lives are we truly crying out to God, but we don't want anyone to know because if they knew just how invalid we really are, then they would judge us or they would look at us. I mean, I want to really examine your life and your heart today. And I want to give you an opportunity today to begin to truly trust in God that he is capable of doing the impossible. This man for 38 years watched person after person after person after person healed from their disease. Believing over time, well, I guess it's just not going to happen for me. 
leaving himself defeated, discouraged, and then fighting that for the rest of his life until Jesus shows up one day and immediately changes everything. You remember the story of Peter when he was walking on the water? One of my favorite stories. I can relate to Peter a lot. Peter was impulsive. My wife tells me I'm impulsive, good and bad, right? I'm ready to to spend all the money at one time. You know, I'm ready to, you know, jump over the counter and help people out when they need to be helped. I I mean, I'm very impulsive. Uh, Peter was emotional. (laughs) Sometimes I get emotional, maybe not always in a good way. I can relate to Peter. Peter was courageous, right? Until it came time to be courageous and he was faced with trial and and time to really, you know, Peter was a lot of talk. I tend to sometimes be a lot of talk. I can relate to Peter, but there was one particular story, one of my favorite stories, in which Peter got out of the boat and he began to walk to Jesus. Remember that story? And then as Jesus tells him to walk on the water, Peter begins to walk on the water. And then as you and I would too, he begins to see the waves and the wind around him and he's hearing it and he's seeing it. And what happens? He begins to sink. You know, big, strong, courageous Peter begins to become distracted by the things around him and then begins to sink. But that's not the story about his lack of faith or his little faith or how he needed to have more faith. The story is really about how when he cries out, Lord, save me, Jesus, the Bible says, immediately grabbed him. Immediately rescues Peter who needed to be rescued. Immediately, the Bible says. There's over and over instances where Jesus is in the story and the Bible says immediately Jesus did this or immediately Jesus did that in this particular man's story for 38 years he's laying invalid he he isn't able to take care of himself he's not able to work a job to feed himself he has no family and and he's probably surviving by the mercy and the grace of those around him but jesus shows up and immediately the man is able to walk and and the reason i say that is because for some of us we like to do things on our own right We know the answers. We know how to fix the relationship. We know how to get the job to make the money to pay the bills. And and then what happens over time, we find ourselves still living in the same condition. And we've never trusted in God to be the one to do it. We've never put our full faith and trust in God to make the impossible possible. Because if we're not careful over the course of our lives, we will think that we are adequate enough, we're smart enough, we're strong enough, we're courageous enough to do exactly what we see in our life to be impossible. We're going to make it possible, right? We're going to fix the marriage. We're going to bring our kids back to Christ and, and out of rebellion. But here's what we do not possess, the ability to do any of that. But when Jesus shows up, the impossible can immediately be possible. When Jesus shows up, when we put our full faith and trust in Christ, what seems to be impossible can immediately change. So here's what I want to do today. One, I want to give you an opportunity to truly look at the areas of your life that truly appear to be impossible. And maybe for the first time in your life, I want you to trust in the Lord to do just that. Because for so long, maybe you've tried it on your own. And it seems like year after year after year, it's just worsened and actually hurt your faith, caused more hurt and damage to you than you ever thought possible. 
But today could be the day that you truly trust in the Lord to do what you have tried to do. Today could be the day that you call upon the Lord to put your full faith and trust in Him to make you see the impossible before your very eyes. I mean, just take, take a minute to sit in this man's shoes. For 38 years, he dreamed of walking, just walking. And for 38 years, he was unable to do it. For 38 years, he probably just dreamed of being able to go to work and, and have a wife and family and, and provide for them and, you know, just enjoy life and have friends and go fish. I mean, for 38 years, he, <coughs> his condition worsened and worsened and worsened. And if not careful, could have left him feeling completely discouraged and defeated. For 38 years, he saw everyone else blessed. Anybody ever been there? You're praying for God to bless you and everybody else around you is being blessed. For 38 years, this man dreamt of the impossible. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and it all changes. So what I want to plead with you today is this. If there are areas in your life where you are truly needing the hand of God, I plead with you to stop trying to do it on your own because you are not capable of doing it and to fully entrust in the Lord to do just that. Let's pray.